It's my pleasure to be here with you. My name is Dr. Arnold Nirenberg. I'm 78 years of age, walked on this planet for over 70, in fact, it's close to 79 years and two months. Two months from now, I'll be 79. And I've been in clinical practice as a psychologist for over 45 years. And we have the very, very good fortune of, of having a, a podcast happening simultaneously with Stephen Gaxiola, very brave man, a, very, a guy who does what he says he's going to do. So that'll be starting up shortly after I do a little presentation of my material. I'm about to present to you something very, very important, very important topic. The title of today's presentation is Fear of Dishonor as Motivation for Courage. Fear of Dishonor as Motivation for Courage. And we're going to get into this, how you get courage, bravery. Even if you're not a brave person, even if you feel very cowardly, you could arise to tremendous courage and tremendous bravery. I'm here to tell you that. No matter how frightened you get, how fearful you get, how cowardly you feel, you could arise to tremendous honor, courage, and bravery. And I'm going to give you the secret to it right now. Right now. First, I'm going to define honor. Honor is loyalty to your highest constructive values. Honor is loyalty to your highest constructive values as enshrined in the Four Commandments of Honor. I also call them the Four Principles of Honor, the Four Self-Commandments of Honor, and they're these. I wish you well. I take full responsibility for co-creating my reality and my problems. I'm grateful for the power I gain from hardship, and they're one of two. Either take, I seek always to serve my highest values, or if you believe in God as I do, God, your wish is my only wish. Now these four thoughts are extremely powerful. They're medicinal, they're actually good for your health. They strengthen you not only morally, but emotionally and physically. So the foundation of honor and going against them is dishonor, and fear of that dishonor is motivation for courage and bravery. Now, to really be a part of this way of honor, you have to commit your life to this way. For this whole method to work, you have to commit your life. So then we have people take a pledge to be disciples of honor for life. So I have people raise their right hand and they repeat these words after me. As a disciple of honor, I pledge myself for all the days of my life to the four commandments of honor, and I'll teach them to those I love. I'll repeat them every morning, afternoon, and evening, and I'll listen to myself recite them. Welcome to the brother, welcome to the sister. 95% of the people who have taken the pledge, which I thought was 1,000, but it's just really a little over 800, 95% feel good right away, 95% feel more hope right away, and 92% feel more meaning in your lives. Instantly, just like boom, just like that. Now, so now you have the Four Commandments of Honor, you have the bridge, and I'm not going to give you the bridge between honor and reality, but now you've taken the pledge, so you're committed for life. That's the foundation for this to work. If you don't commit for life, the system won't work. It's got to be a life. And 90% of the people that I offer to take it right away. I said, do you want to take this pledge now? Or do you want to think about it? 90% say, I want it right now. And let me tell you something about these commandments of honor, these four principles of honor. You don't have to talk anybody into it. People already know them. They believe them. You don't have to convince anybody of any of it. It's enshrined as a, as a very primordial impulse. The impulse of honor exists within every person. It's part of our DNA, our spiritual DNA, the way of honor is in there. 
doesn't matter what religion you are. We have Catholics, Christians, Baha'is, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, and atheists, all disciples of honor. We're white, black, Latino, Asian, all races, all religions as disciples of honor. Now, now to ensure the probability that you're going to use the way of honor in a situation, we have what I call the bridge between honor and reality, real life situations that you're in. And the bridge is this. You say the four commandments of honor, and then you follow it with this. What's the most honorable thing to think, say, and do? So it's, for me, it would be, God, your wish is my only wish. I wish you well. I take full responsibility for co-creating my reality and my problems. I'm grateful for the power I gain from hardship. What's the most honorable thing to think, say, and do? So honor then becomes the gold standard for every thought, word, and action. Honor becomes the gold standard for every thought, word, and action. So when you don't say any situation, when you wonder what you should do, you don't say, well, I'm gonna, what's gonna make me happy? No, you don't look for that. There's no such thing as true happiness without honor. You can have pleasure, fun, excitement, entertainment, but you cannot have true happiness without honor. Honor is a path to true happiness, self-esteem, self-respect, self-confidence, wisdom, and enlightenment itself. Honor is a path to all that, all of that. Then, we go honor before everything. What does that mean? Honor before fear, honor before life itself. Honor before fear, honor before life itself. So you're putting then, when you walk this path, you're putting honor before whatever fears you have. You can be scared to death. That's normal. You want to run. That's normal. But you're putting, what's the most honorable thing to think, say, and do? You're putting honor before that fear. And you're putting honor before life itself. Now, what does that mean? What's the implication? That means that if you and I are hanging out together, and somebody comes at you with a gun, last damn thing I want to do is step in and intervene. Last thing I want to do. Heck, I want to just run out of that room. But you know what I, what honor demands is I'd have to jump in to save your life. Honor demands it. You have to, we come to a point where we fear dishonor because I could no longer live with dishonor and the cowardice of running out and letting you get killed. I couldn't live with that cowardice. I couldn't live with that dishonor. And so that's how I talk about Fear of dishonor is motivation for courage. Fear of dishonor is motivation for courage. That's the whole system right there. You get so involved in this system, so committed to it, that you're putting honor before pride, honor before anger, honor before fear, honor before life itself, honor before money, honor before sex, before everything. So then the fear of dishonor it comes motivation for courage and bravery. So now we have this very good fortune having Stephen Gaxiola here, who's going to talk with me and interview me about this very important topic. He himself is a disciple of honor. Uh, I have a lot of respect for this man. He talked about doing this. Many people talk about doing many things. I've seen it so often. Stephen got it together and actually put together a whole podcast system. We have it right here with the mic in front of me and we have the whole setup here. He got it set up. He's been doing his interviews. And so it's my good fortune to be on his podcast and to have the tremendous privilege of being here with you, Stephen. Thank you for doing this. Thank you very much, Dr. Honorable.
I'm very honored to be here, man. I mean, I wouldn't have started this podcast without your influence and your your guidance and you being a mentor to me over over the. I, mean, I think I've known you for about ten years now. I mean, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. When I say things, you know, I, I've tried to live an honorable life. I'm like the quote you had above your door. It says, "I might have not lived with honor, but I will die with honor." And that has stuck to me. Every time I go in your office and we have a conversation, I leave and I look at that and I remind myself, hey, I might have not, not have lived with honor, but I will die with honor. So now me being a man of my word, I said, hey, I started a podcast. I really want you on. And I, and did. I did it. I mean, you actually did it. I, I mean, I, I know it had to be overwhelming. It was. And I got a lot of supporters, a lot of, a lot of good friends, coworkers that listen and support the podcast. But, you know, a lot of times friends will discourage these things and say, you know, try to tell you not to do yeah, it. I, I distance myself from a lot of people. Yeah. Not just to say I'm better than them or anything. I'm not. It's just you don't want the negativity. Things. You know, yeah. it's just, I do get a lot of positive as well, you know. But yeah. you, you learn that instead of going to the bar and having a beer with, 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 with Joe and the guys, and Johnny Bananas, you, you take yourself home, honor yourself, go home, hang out with the family, work on who's going to be on the next podcast. What can you learn through this journey of life? And I've learned so much from you, and I'm here today so you could talk a little bit about to my listeners about who you are, where you come from. Tell a little bit about, about your history. Well, that statement that Stephen talked about, I've not always lived with honor, but I will die with honor. Those are the last words I said before I was sentenced. I'm a felon before I was being sentenced by Judge Snyder five years ago, February 4th, five years ago. I used to see uh, employees from uh, the post office. And uh, sometimes I see by six months or a year, the claim would be denied, my patient didn't get paid. And I didn't get paid for a year's service, six months service. So I used to overbill on some patients. I see somebody five times, and I bill eight times or 10 times, which was criminal and I knew it was. But at the time I justified and said, I'm not getting paid here. The only way I can see these people and I get paid is overbuilding here. Well, I knew it was criminal. It's not like I didn't know. Well, one day the FBI, OIG, ICE, Homeland Security all raided me. Ten cars to my house, ten cars to the building here. And took me into the police department. My attorney said, don't talk to them about anything. So we talked about weightlifting, marriage, this, that, and the other thing. They turned me loose. They took 46,000 documents. They took all my videos, all my documents, every check I ever wrote. They just took everything. Well, I thought they dropped the case. And three years later, I'm pulling up to the building to see my patients. And five FBI with a gun out and a finger on the trigger said, against the wall, I read me my Miranda rights. Wow. So it's one thing to see. I've always seen the movies, people being apprehended. Yeah. You read the Miranda rights. Well, I'm having my Miranda rights, right? I'm being handcuffed put into the car, taken to a federal holding cell. And I remember these guys from three years earlier, so we talked about weightlifting again, one thing or another. Well, my attorney came and I said, look, I'm guilty. I said, I, I knew right from wrong, but I, I, I justified it and I chose wrong over right. So, so the, the U.S. attorney wanted me to do 21 months in federal prison. I took a plea bargain, went before the judge, uh, suppose the original thing was just restitution, probation, which she changed the mind, wanted me to do 21 months. I, took, I said to the judge, I said, Your Honor, I knew the difference between right and wrong. I really did, I, but I chose wrong over right. And I don't blame my parents, I don't blame society, that's on me. I said, I do feel some regret for my criminal activity, but more than, more than my regret, I'm grateful to you and the arresting officers because I never would have stopped. 
And the last words I said to her was, were, I have not always lived with honor, but I will die with honor. Some people said she had tears in her eyes. I really didn't see that, but here's what she said. She said, I totally believe Dr. Nuremberg's sincerity, but due to the seriousness of this crime, we want 172,000 restitution, which I didn't have. Mm -hmm. I borrowed against my house. I paid every penny. One year home detention. So here, Dr. Nuremberg, clinical psychologist, at that time 73, wore an ankle bracelet for a year. And then five years probation, I got off a couple years early, a few years ago. So since that time, I then gave eight lectures called Psychology of the Plea Bargain, Assessing Enhancing Defendant Credibility, and I sent it to the California State Bar, and they loved it. So they approved it for continuing education, so attorneys were able to take my program to renew their licenses. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then the Stanford Law Library, one of the top law libraries in the world, purchased it for $275. I found an organization called Felons of Light to help other felons, and ultimately led to founding uh, Disciples of Honor. Uh, where I've been able to help, and I developed a whole method called uh, honor therapy, as well as an honor movement, which has been extremely powerful in my life and the life of uh, over 800 people. Mm -hmm. So that's how the statement that you saw that inspired you and inspired some others that spoke very, mm -hmm. very clearly to, I've not always lived with honor, but I'll die with honor. And then the whole honor system and the four commandments of honor, the oath, the pledge, the bridge, and then, by the way, we also have 25 laws of honor, which, I, uh, uh, which are, I'll, I'll talk about another time. So the whole, but what this leads to is, as you commit your life to it, you get to where you cannot bear to be dishonorable. I mean, you can't, you can't tolerate it. It becomes the most intolerable thing to you. You, mm -hmm. have, you really get to where you cannot bear it. And you, you'd rather face whatever bad consequence there is then feel you've dishonored yourself. That's the point you want to be at. And I've given you the path for how to do this. So that's in terms of, you know, the path of what took me to this point, Stephen. That's amazing, man. Amazing that at your age, you know, I'm not saying that old, older men can't still learn and, and, and still grow wise. Till to this age, you're still developing, man. You're still learning and and coming up with, with with these sayings and poems you you send me text messages and it's amazing you know that at your age you're still you're still going strong well, talk a little about about with age. let me tell you life gotten better with age i even got physically strong my strongest years physically were from 65 to 73. when i was in my 20s my best bench press was 255. When I was 65, I set a world record on the bench press, drug-free, of 365 pounds. When I was 65, no wraps, no scraps, no bench press shirt, no drugs, just me with C.T. Fletcher calls Nuremberg style. And then I set at 71 a world record on a power pull-up where we hung 140 pounds on me and I did a pull-up. You, you can walk in any gym, I don't care how buff people are, they can't do it. There are people that can, but pretty rare. So I want to tell you, uh, your best days are ahead, and certainly, so I've been a world champion powerlifter. I was a world champion bodybuilder at age 70, and now I call myself a health builder. I gave myself the title world champion health builder. So now I'm going for longevity. Mm -hmm. The body, if we don't destroy ourselves, is geared for 120. Wow, I had a 120. heart attack when I was 61. I, by the way, I took that title, strongest drug-free man in the world from age and weight, when I had prostate cancer when I was 65. Wow. I beat the cancer, kept setting world records after that. So the idea with age, take care of your health, 
be involved with your purpose in life, meaning in your life, find meaning, do something you have a passion for, and you just get better and better. Mm -hmm. And I also, I tell people, I mean, I'm, I'm a better man today than I was in my life. Also, by the way, I tell people I wouldn't be half the man I am if I wasn't a felon who genuinely repented. So I'm glad you pointed that out. It's a very good observation, and you, you will improve with age, mm. not only spiritually and in wisdom, but even physically. Mm -hmm. You can become stronger with age. Now, I'm not saying cardiovascular-wise, running speed. I'm still pretty fast, but, but I told you what my bench press was. When I, I remember was when you pulled those trucks. How many I trucks did you pull? 14,000 pounds of uh, <laughs> trucks. Loaded up with that was amazing. Yeah, on an incline, sitting down. I did as a demonstration right before my 70th birthday at uh, Whittier College. Do they have those on YouTube? Those videos are they post on YouTube or yeah, people they are can on check them YouTube. out? Yeah, they're on, they're on YouTube. I'm gonna put a link uh, on my Instagram yeah. and, and, and yeah, yeah. for the audience that are, that are listening to this podcast, they can see it. I did one truck filled with guys, then we yoked two trucks together and I pulled those. That's amazing, yeah, man. Yeah, sitting down. It How old were you when you did it? Just before my 70th birthday. Wow. Yeah, you were there for that. Um, uh, I, I think I just missed it when oh, I came in. Yeah, okay. when I came okay. in to see gotcha. you. So another question I want to ask: um, What do you think about the nutrition today that that we're that we're that we're feeding the the people? Is that, is that a problem with when it comes to depression and psychological problems? Because you know the fast food with all the. I mean, we talk a lot about vitamins. So here's here's what's going on. People worry. People eat a lot of foods. We all know people eat unhealthy foods. Heck, people are smoking, drinking, all these things that are unhealthy. And people know it. It's not like they don't have the knowledge. They know it. And when they start getting sick, people start worrying. They become very anxious. Gee, I've got a lump on my chest. I've got a, I've got a lump here. I've been diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going blind. People, it will start causing, believe me, you start getting cancers and heart attacks, it'll make you very anxious. Very, very anxious. Mm -hmm. You can get away with eating a bunch of garbage for many years, but it, it bit me. I was eating I was eating a lot of bad stuff just to get big because mm -hmm. I wanted to become a world champion powerlifter, which I did, but, I, but it caused me to have a heart attack when I was 61, prostate cancer, 65, labor hypertension, 67. And so... Yeah, it ties in very much into your health. Now, there are natural things that can help. Of course, I'm, I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm an MD, so anything I say about physical mm -hmm. physicality, I have to tell people, talk to your physician who's qualified mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. this, but, I'll but usually they don't get into the natural ways. So in terms of causing problems, also the right foods can, so for instance, fish oil, 2,000 milligrams three times a day, can help reduce depression. That's a fact. At one point, I was taking 9,000 milligrams. I was taking 9,000 milligrams a day to uh, reduce my triglycerides. Yeah, so the 9,000 milligrams a day I was taking to bring my triglycerides down. Uh, most people are more are prone to cardiovascular disease, cancer, uh, Alzheimer's, arthritis, diabetes, if they're vitamin D deficient. Now there's a difference between optimal blood, blood work and having optimal readings versus normal. So normal on a, on a vitamin D level is 30. Mm -hmm. But you have a shorter lifespan if it's under 50. So your optimal is between 50 and 80. And your blood sugar level, they say under 100 is normal. But if even if you have 95, you're more prone to Alzheimer's. So definitely your mental health will go down the tubes if you're getting Alzheimer's. And if, you're, if your vitamin D 
is, is if your blood sugar is over 95, which is still normal, you're more prone to it. In fact, uh, optimal on blood sugar levels, fasting glucose levels, is 75 to 85. Typically, modern medicine is about 20 years behind what we already know in very vigorous double-blind studies. Wow. 20 years behind. What is that, you think? Well, let's put it this way. Let me give you some examples. Okay. It's a very conservative establishment. You know, we've we heard of... Uh, I uh, was uh, scurvy. The British soldiers used to, uh, sailors used to come down with scurvy back in 1500s, 1600s, 1700s. And then they found that they could prevent that, and that's a really terrible death. Mm -hmm. They found they could prevent it if they gave them lemons. Well, after they found that out, it w it, it, they, 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 they stopped getting it even, they stopped giving it for a while and they stopped giving it. And then maybe about after about 50 years, 100 years, they started giving them limes. That's why the British sailors are called limeys, because they would give them limes to prevent the scurvy. But it took probably 50 to 100 years to became standard practice. So the knowledge was there. Then it was many years later that they found the key ingredient was the vitamin C. Washing your hands, which prevents death for babies being born, was considered just ridiculous. People laughed at the person who loved it. It was a good 20, 30 years before it became standard practice for surgeons to wash their hands on surgery. So it mm. takes that long because it's a very conservative establishment. And uh, so we have, a, we have a lot of knowledge. For instance, there are many medications that will add to what sound, there are many ways of eating that will prolong life. Uh, for example, uh, resveratrol will increase the length of the telomeres at the length of, at the, length of the, uh, the chromosomes and that will keep you alive longer. The sirtuin the genes will be turned on. Then you want to get the AMPK uh, amplified, you want to get the mTOR lowered, and you could be using uh, NAD, you could be using uh, the resveratrol, which is from grapeseed extract, which is from the, the skin of grapes, or use mm -hmm. grapes for that. Uh, and now there's one medication for diabetes, metformin. It's known to prolong life. I heard about that. It reduces your blood sugar, reduces insulin resistance, but at the same time, will prolong life. It's, it's a miracle drug, absolute miracle drug. So the, we already the, one of the causes of, of death and people getting stressed out is getting older. Mm -hmm. Many age-related diseases. Now, aging itself is now thought to be a disease. It used to be saying that's a natural thing. Mm -hmm. So chronologically, I'm 79, but my energy has never been better. Mm -hmm. I have some signs of aging. Uh, but at the same time, I have signs of getting younger as mm -hmm. well as signs of getting older. What kind of diet, ideal diet, you think would, would get a, a human being to 120? You want, want plant-based. I'm not saying you shouldn't eat meats. But if you're going to have, say, beef, don't do it often. Have uh, organic, grass-fed. Don't have it too often. Certainly, you don't want to be barbecuing where it gets blackened because that's carcinogenic. Broccoli, it's the king of the vegetables, help, as it helps prevent mm -hmm. cancers. Probably the king of the fruits is pomegranate and pomegranate fruit. Actually, pomegranate is so powerful that if you have prostate cancer or breast cancer, it'll actually shrink the tumor and slow down how rapidly it spreads. Now, most physicians don't know that, but there's a lot of research on it. Mm -hmm. When I had my prostate cancer, I didn't know it. Found that out afterwards, I have, I have pomegranate juice almost every day, organic pomegranate juice almost every day. Wow. And I, have, I have steamed broccoli almost every day as well. Have you heard of the carnivore diet? Yeah, you, you have you have these uh, 
Because yeah. that's the big meat. fad going on. The podcasts well, I listen to, they do, they're all eating just meat. That's all. Right. Yeah, the meat. Um, uh, they're losing tons of weight, but I just lose, you can lose weight with it. I don't think it's good in the long run, but I think uh, you know if you don't. But but I think in the short term you could probably lose some weight. For, it's probably good for three months. I wouldn't stay. I wouldn't mm-hmm. stay on it. You want to have healthy fats. The omega threes in particular. Most people are getting too much omega sixes. Omega threes from particularly fish oil, mm-hmm. but then from plants you can get it from chia seed, flax seed, hemp seed, omega threes. Wow. That's good to know. Oh, you know, I, I yeah. definitely had to hear it, you know, from someone like you who knows his vitamins. But, but exercise will prolong life. Now, what people don't like, so we know that you can use allopathic medicines to control blood pressure, blood sugar, and so forth. Right when you need it, you need it. Mm-hmm. And physicians are so knowledgeable. What they know is awesome. But what they don't know is terrible. And it has to do with natural approaches. So you, you want to look at your doctor as a very valuable resource. But as your consultant, as your advisor, so he'll tell you the, the allopathic ways to do it, then you also but it's up to you to take responsibility for your life and find natural ways to supplement mm-hmm. that. Even if you're on, even if you have cancer and you're on chemotherapy, you want to take natural uh, substances to cut down the side effects. Like for many cancer treatments on chemo, taking intravenous uh, vitamin C can cut down those side effects or breast cancer, taking graviola can as an herb. So there are many things, of course, you have to talk to your doctor about, but they typically don't know about the natural ways to cut down one, the harmful side, harmful side effects, and to facilitate uh, uh, the curing of, of, of the problem. Now, you never want to just use natural approach when it comes to cancer. You really want something that's going to kill the cancer cells, whether it's radiation, surgery, chemo, but then also you want to strengthen your immune system. Now, in strengthening your immune system, you want probiotics. We have literally trillions of microorganisms, bacteria that have been with us for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want the probiotics. Any fermented foods, sauerkraut, kimchi, yogurt, kefir, uh, mm-hmm. fermented garlic, all of these will line, the, line up your gastrointestinal tract with these, these very friendly bacteria that we need. You have some that especially for the mouth, the throat, some prevent heart disease, some uh, strengthen your immune system. So when there's any kind of disease going around, we have the SARS or uh, the coronavirus, whatever, corona, the new coronavirus, you want to strengthen your immune system, special mushrooms like the reishi mushroom. You want to be strengthening uh, two things. You want to be killing the viruses, which, by the way, garlic will kill the virus, oregano will kill it. Olive leaf extract will actually kill it. And then you want to so you want to be having one thing to kill the pathogens, and then you want to strengthen your immune system to fight it off. So that your 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 killer cells, or your, your T cells or whatnot can all fight off the invaders. But these are things that a vast realm of knowledge that's been so well studied. Mm-hmm. Just enormous. Man, you you're you're just like a, a human encyclopedia like encyclopedia. Self taught. Never took a class on it. Yeah. It's amazing. You you got you got so much in there, man. I j- I'm trying to. Well, listen. Let me tell you. I, I, for me, staying alive is a full time job. <laughs> I'm not on automatic. It's a full time job, and I would have to say a full time hobby. Mm-hmm. And I love helping you guys, you younger guys. No, I, I want to learn. You know, I want to be the next Dr. Arnold Ehrenberg. You know, well, I, I want to bring on the honors of disciples. You got, you got an earlier start than me. Yeah. I didn't even know what honor was at your age. Didn't even understand until I was 70 and got that felony. That's just, it's just a blessing, man. It's just a blessing to have you here. And it's just, it, 
it's a dream come true. I mean, I made this happen. I had to honor myself, you know, I had, I had to get off of, you know, everybody in the podcast knows I was addicted to drugs and I got off of it and, and uh, fought my way back to, you know, being productive and, and being able to open up and tell my side of the story and helping other people, you know, doing this podcast. I know I'm helping people. Well, you share your struggle. Yeah. Sharing the struggle and, is key. And you did that today. I wasn't even going to ask or bring that up. But I had to bring in the honor part because when I walk through that yeah. door and I read it, I go, man, well, that's let me awesome. Tell you something about struggles. First, everybody wants to hide that they struggle. Everybody wants to hide their struggle. What people don't know is that it's normal. You think you're the only one in that struggle. Heck no. Everybody you know has gone through struggles and will go through struggles. And here's something I'm going to tell you. Enshrined within your deepest struggle is the seed of your nobility, your destiny, your legacy, and your honor. Enshrined within your deepest struggles, the seed of your nobility, your destiny, your legacy, and your honor. Right within it, you reach within that darkness and you pull out that jewel. I'm grateful for the power I gained from hardship. Mm -hmm. You know it's gonna make you stronger. All things work for good for those who seek the good. Hardship makes me strong and I'm grateful. That's why that's what being a disciple of honor is. It's the way of the warrior. What is the way of the warrior? To seek to gain power from hardship. That's amazing, man. Every disciple of honor is a warrior. I'm just, I'm just sucking it all in right now. I'm absorbing everything, student, man. I'm just, man. I'm just listening. I'm just. Yeah, you're a great man. You're a humble man, and you're, a good, you're a great student, and you're bringing the honor movement to the people. Oh, I want the people the theme, to know. The theme is honor to the people. That's the theme. Honor to the people. I like that. I'm going to have to add that in. Honor movement. Honor to the people. We have a program for the homeless. We call them unbounded to give them more dignity. Mm -hmm. We don't call them homeless. We call them unbound, the unbounded ones. Unbounded ones. We have a, a program to bring honor into the schools, into marriage, into athletics. We have a way to bring honor into athletics. We have our educational programs. Ways of bringing honor into or to for natural disasters. We have, we have a program to bring honor into all facets of life. And we don't charge. This is all something we do as a service to humanity. Wow. Now, how do you do that? Do you do you go out and? Well, what what we do is people. We have it on. We have videos that we can text to people. T so talk about how many videos you have. Well, filled. we have at this point, over the last fifteen years, produced maybe about about seven hundred and twelve, seven hundred fifteen videos at this point. With about a hundred books, close about ninety-five books that I've written. The short books, the yeah, no, I have a few of them. Yeah, I have a few of them, yeah. And uh, the videos are like right now while we're doing this podcast, Hugh is recording and making mm -hmm. a video. This is this is lesson number what? Seven thirteen. Wow. Lesson seven thirteen that we're <laughs> videotaping right now. So, what's your next? next step of, of getting the word out of being part of the honor you're, you're a big part of the next step yeah you're doing with, with this because i'm dependent on you and others abel has started a uh, something online uh the uh, to, to get the honor movement going you've got the podcast we have a meeting for disciples of honor once a month where we get the guys together uh we have a men's honor movement and i've got another video called the women's honor movement I know you're a busy man. We're, we're at 30 minutes here, and I know your your lectures are really short. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm cruising. You're, you're 
they're great company. I enjoy oh, okay, company. yeah, I'm, I'm cruising. I know, uh, you, you know, you worked all day and oh heck, you know, I'm just getting started. This is so energized. Oh, okay, yeah, you're energizing. Oh, no, oh no, we no, could, really yeah, well. we keep going, man. My listeners, my podcasts are usually an hour and a half, but yeah, I know we yeah. won't go that far because I know wow. people, you know, took the time off from work to come over here yeah. and, and hear you speak. So no, and, and what uh, you're doing, this is taking it to another level. So whenever you want to do this, we can do it. All right. So another question I'm going to ask from our audience, as far as starting to be honorable, we start with ourselves, right? Got to start with you. You got to you got to take a pledge to be a disciple of honor, memorize the commandments, and also the the, the bridge. So someone who's who's growing up in the streets was a bad person decides. How would you implement exercise, for example? You know, obviously exercise is, is, is a, a main ingredient well, for- Let me tell you the key to exercise. I'll tell you the secret. The hardest part about getting shape is getting started. Mm. You want momentum. So the key is you want to do three to five minutes every day. Just commit that. If you're not exercising, commit to three to five minutes just to get the momentum going. It's easier to go from three minutes to an hour than it is from zero to three. So if you do three minutes, whatever, jumping jacks, push-ups, leg raises, whatever you want to do, deep knee bends, whatever, mm -hmm. three minutes, three minutes, and maybe you go five minutes, four minutes, whatever it is, and then eventually you build on that. You, you just go easy. You don't, you don't overdo it. You don't want to hurt yourself. And I'll give you Dr. Nimmer's four laws of exercise. Here okay. they are. It took me 60 years to be able to articulate this very simple formula. Number one, never quit. Number two, no excuses. Number three, the best time to work out is now. And number four, the worst time is later. If you follow those four laws of exercise, you'll be fine. And it doesn't matter whether you're doing Qigong, yoga, weightlifting, whatever. Can you give us your daily routine? You've talked to me about it before. My daily routine is I start off with about 10 minutes of Qigong, which is a Chinese method of uh, dealing with the, the Qi energy, the, the energy lines in the body. I do. And I've got it online on my website, yeah, yeah. Qigong, and then I do the five rice with Tibetan yoga, that's 10 minutes. Then maybe I take a walk, take a, take a sprint. The walk is maybe 15 minutes. And then at the end of the day, after my work, uh, many days, I'll stop by the gym and do maybe 45 minutes of weights. Wow, what time do you wake up in the morning? Get about, I get out of bed, in the I get up about six, but I, I stay in bed to maybe 7.30, then okay. I can get my routine going. I'm at the office here by 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. By 10, yeah. I've yeah. Seen you. You've been going strong for so many years, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. Well, I, thank you. I've been working out for over 65 years. I intend to compete again when I'm 80, so I'll be 79 in two months. I'm training now to compete when I'm 80 in bodybuilding. Not because I want any trophies or victories. Just you train harder when you're going to compete. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things. If you really want to train hard, compete. Is a power lifter, a bodybuilder, whatever. You'll train harder. Wow. Okay. Well, if you guys want to get a, a hold of Dr. Nairberg, you can get a hold of me at the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. That's the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook at type in the Raider and the Saint. And I'll come up and you'll see a picture of Dr. Nairberg with link in the bio to the podcast. I want to thank uh, the listeners, my supporters for listening and tuning into this podcast. And we'll be back you know, pretty soon with Dr. Nirenberg. We'll have, have him set up another lecture. And so we could get everybody on the honors of disciples. Did I say it right? Disciples of honor. Disciples of honor. I'm dyslexic right over here. But yeah. uh, once again, I want to thank you guys. And I'll see you guys soon, episode 20. All right? I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, thank, thank you, Dr. Nirenberg. Thank you.